1: Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. Here we are in the first week of October. It is so exciting. We hope your Q4 is off to a great start. Again, this is a great time to really close the year strong. Even though we're heading into a really difficult time, maybe the way the stock market's been reflecting lately doesn't mean that it has to reflect on you. You can finish this year really strong here in Q4. Feel free to reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to review where you're at kind of give you some insights and some direction and how you can finish this this quarter very strong and have a banner 2022 year heading into 2023. Reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. What's great about this platform is it takes all the noise out of social media. No more notifications. Why? Because it's a membership program. Yes, for a small monthly fee each each month, you have the opportunity now to, to connect on a genuine, authentic basis and share content with the people you choose to do so without all the noise. It also offers a wide array of different business and personal services that you would normally not get otherwise from not being a member. Feel free to reach out to them at AlumniDirect.com. That's AlumniDirect.com. Well, again, for those that are new to Sustainable Success, you found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. We also encourage you to follow us on Apple and also our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help move your business and personal success to the next level. We highly encourage you to follow us there. Leave us any messages and we will make sure that we get in touch with you in real time within 24 hours and we'll be happy to connect you with any of our subject matter experts to any questions that you may have after the show. Feel free to reach out to me as well at chris at christophersalem.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking uh, about how to become a concentric leader As many of you know that have been watching this show for quite some time, we all love leadership topics, and we have the right person here that is going to discuss what being a concentric leader is all about, and he's going to share with you where this concept came from personally and how this can really play into your day-to-day to to move you and your business forward. We're going to be talking with Matthew Warboys. He's the founder and CEO of the CEO Hub, as well as the co-founder of Dream Job Hub, and LinkedIn for success. He was voted top 40 CEO in the world by global audience on LinkedIn and named top 10 LinkedIn coach in Yahoo Finance, shortlisted for the Junior Nobel Prize uh, three times in 2014, 2015, and 2019, having attended an award ceremony with the president of Ireland in 2015, pioneer of the concentric leadership model, and an advocate for redefining productivity. And you're going to learn more about how you can connect with Matthew here later in the show. And without further ado, we welcome Matthew Warboys to the show. Matthew, how are you doing today?
2: Very well. Thank you, Chris. And thank you very much for having me. And thank you very much for that generous introduction. I'm very much looking forward to finding out what we can achieve together here today.
1: I am so happy to have you here. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You're coming from the UK and we can't thank you enough for being here. So, Matthew, I love this topic. You know, when you talk about, you know, a concentric leader and, you know, when I, I know when you sent that title to us, I was like, wow, this is going to be great. It, you know, and because it, it starts with the foundation of what what is and that's with the self. And mm. if you could talk a little bit about what concentric leadership is to kind of set the foundation of what you're going to share with us today
2: absolutely chris well for me this is obviously a really important topic because as you kind of alluded to at the start there i am the ceo of the ceo hub so obviously i take my leadership responsibilities seriously and having reflected for quite a long time on on kind of what i think makes the perfect leader for me i think we've got leadership all wrong we normally think of leadership as an external Interaction. We think of leadership in terms of what we do with the external world around us. But for me, leadership actually means showing up having done the work on yourself first. And that actually is what's going to allow you to have the impact on the world around you. So when I talk about concentric leadership, from my perspective, I'm thinking that we start from the individual and that internal dynamic. And then we work outwards from there in concentric circles. So if you've done the work on yourself, you can then make an impact on your own life and then on your family life and then in the community and then in the wider community and in the businesses that you run and in the economy that you serve. So for me, that concentric model is the only successful and sustainable and effective one in town.
1: Wow, that's great. I love it. If you can expand on that, because I always believe that, like you said, when you think about the self, it's not selfish because what we can't really give what we don't have. So, in essence, if we're giving, you know, to someone and we don't have it for ourselves, what are we really giving? We're not giving anything that really serves them. So, if we don't address ourselves, then how can we really be an example or resourceful to others? I'd love to hear, like, if you could share some more insight on that. You know, because I really f- agree with you a hundred percent about. That you know that concentric leadership. It starts with the self and works its way outward from there.
2: Absolutely, and you know I think we're telling quite a lot of people now, like including youngsters, we're, we're saying to people, look, you know, you can come out of college and you can change the world straight away, and you know it just doesn't work like that. And even if it did, it wouldn't be effective or sustainable. Um, you know, you really have to start with the foundations. You have to start with the building blocks. And I'm a huge advocate for incremental change because, you know, people don't do this in their everyday life. But if you aim to end every day that little bit further forwards than the day before, then in five years' time, the aggregate impact can be absolutely huge. Um, We never actually take the time to stop and do this on a daily basis. But actually, you know, even if it means writing down those small victories on a daily basis in your personal life, in your business life, then if you aim to end each and every day further forward than the day before, then that aggregate impact across, say, five years can be absolutely huge. But it only ever works if you start with the self, because if you're looking to change the world before you've done that internal work, because we all have baggage, we all have hangups, we all have anxieties, we all have sources of depression, we all have things that frustrate us, We all have things that dent our own individual confidence. If we show up and try to lead other people, having not done that work on those internal dynamics, then we're only going to pass those on to other people. You know, for example, one of the things that I've had to work on is um, certain traumas from the past. So I was bullied quite badly when I was kind of growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Even in my kind of last corporate role before I, went into my own business, I was kind of bullied out of that role that left quite a big scar on me. and even now I have to kind of check myself sometimes and think, you know what well, am I am I bringing this into my business? you know if somebody says something that's out of place and I react, is that coming from a healthy productive standpoint or is that coming from the point of of trauma and and hurt and kind of wishing to to rectify that So unless we do that internal work first of all, in kind of true concentric leader fashion, then we're going to show up ineffectively when it comes to interacting with others.
1: Wow, I love that. And you know, you know, a lot of times, what you just shared—I mean, I can relate 100%. You know, because I've been through, you know, that things in my past growing up, and you know, where you know, I've I've been on both sides. You know, being the one being bullied, and and then also could be, you know, also the person doing that to someone else, and being passive aggressive in my, my behavior and my, my communication and so on. What would you say, you know, when you look at these things, Matthew, that, you know, sometimes when the, when these things happen, you know, we, it's not that we've asked for it, right. You know, these are things that, you know, they just happen, you know, and, but instead of looking at at them as happening to us, we can now look back and say, well, it happened for us. And, you know, I wouldn't be in a better place today if I hadn't gone through that, because now I can see what I've learned and grown from it to now how I can be a better example for others to do. So what would you say to like, you know, someone that, you know, I'm sure there are people listening right now to what you shared and they can relate to that 100 percent. You know what? they? What would you say? Like, you, where, you know, from your experience, what would they what, what can they do with that? Is it something that they could say, hey, this could be a good thing maybe not right now, but down the road, something that's going to shape you up to really look back and use it in a positive way.
2: Absolutely, and you know, for me, the big kind of epiphany moment was when it comes to leadership, as in life in general, you have to recognize the limits of what you as an individual can achieve in any given moment. And, you know, it sounds simple, but it's such a complex and an important principle. If you can learn that on a daily basis there's only so much within your individual purview, then that's the beginning of wisdom when it comes to leadership, as far as I'm concerned, because you know we all have a finite resource of time, we have a finite resource of other entities in our life. Um, we have a limited potential to change any one given thing on a daily basis. So once we realize that actually you know the end of where we're responsible for something, is where we actually need to kind of stop ourselves from kind of creeping over that edge, then that's the beginning of wisdom as far as I'm concerned because, you know, on a daily basis, we get so many things thrown at us, you know, we get people trying to put us down, we get people trying to bully us, we get people trying to insult us, you know, I certainly get that in business, you know, on, on social media, you know, you do get vitriolic comments and you have to think to yourself, you know, what is the what is the purpose of what I'm trying to achieve here if the purpose is, you know, to try and convince that other person to be a better person or to or to stop treating you a certain way, then it's not exactly the most productive use of time because, you know, the, the degree to which you're going to be able to, say, change somebody's behavior in, in the social media comments online is practically negligible in terms of the percentage success rate. You know, it it's normally a slanging match. So if you realize that actually you know, what am I trying to get out of this situation? What can I actually control that actually you'll kind of start to step back from certain things, step back from reacting in a certain way because it doesn't fit with your overall paradigm and your overall aim in life. And I think if people kind of learn that balance between when to intervene in the situation, when to pull back, create that space between a stimuli and a response, or we actually think about what our aim is, and whether the response would be congruent with that aim, then I think that is a perfect foundation upon which to succeed um, in leadership
1: and in life more broadly. Wow, I love that. I love that. And what would you feel, you know, Matthew? From what you've seen, I mean, you work with a lot of, you know, di- you know, you work with business leaders and you know, vi- you know, visionaries and entrepreneurs and people working in the com- you know corporate space. Because you're so actively involved in you know helping people on LinkedIn and so on, what would you say would be you know as we head into the break, what would you say would be the first thing that you know when you know you would recommend to somebody that you know in and adopting this concentric model for their organization, whether if it's a small little business, if it's a small company or even even up to a fortune five hundred company
2: mm, absolutely and For me, the foundation really is you have to do an honest assessment as to the potential baggage that you're bringing into play at your Mm. organization. So somebody, for example, that is, you know, a little bit of a control freak in their personal life is probably going to take that into their into their business environment. And, you know, they're likely to be that micromanager that's kind of breathing down people's people's necks and, and not allowing innovation and and flexible thought to take hold so you know if you are that person and you are honest with yourself about the faults in your in your personal life and in your own individual psyche and your own individual dynamic then you can really start to make shifts on a personal level that will benefit the business you know i always say micromanagement is death by a thousand interventions and it truly is you know we've all been in that situation where there's somebody breathing down your neck that you can't concentrate you can't be flexible you can't exercise your expertise and the chances are that person is also the person that is in their personal life trying to dominate their family's choices trying to tell people you know how to live their life etc etc so if you take that baggage from your personal life into your business all you do is you magnify the problem on a bigger corporate scale so you know get get a grip of those problems be honest with yourself and you'll be able to show up authentically and, and effectively at work.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I, some great information, everybody. If you're taking notes, this is very important that we recommend that you could also go back later and listen to the show in its entirety. This is some great information that uh, Matthew is, uh, you know, uh, you know, providing all of us here. And again, this is from personal experience and also his experience working with a wide variety of different professionals and leaders through what he does each and every day in his uh, business. So we got a uh, couple minutes to the break, Matthew. How could we kind of like sum up, like we're we're looking at concentric leadership. What would be like if, if, you know, even for the person that's just looking at it to take that first step, you know, what would you recommend that they kind of look at for themselves here?
2: Hmm. First of all, first exercise before you do anything else is – make a list do an honest assessment of yourself if you have to list if you have to list your five flaws, be honest with yourself because you know we all we all we all start to run away from them We, we our natural tendency is to not want to admit that they exist but also ask the people that are going to give an honest answer but for your benefit And this is where criticism divides into two categories Because on the one hand, people will criticize you to try and tear you down. But if it's, for example, your wife or your husband, your partner, they're likely to give you advice based on what's in your best interests. Yeah. If you listen to those people that have got your best interests at heart, make that genuine list of faults in your life based on self-assessment and the people that care about you the most. And then you've got an honest list that you can start to work on and improve your business success.
1: Wow. I love what you just shared. I want to really dive a little bit more into all that. We're going to be coming back here shortly. We have to go to break right now, but when we come back, we got more with Matthew Warboys, where if you're just joining us kind of halfway through here, this first segment, we're talking about how to become a concentric leader. And we got more to come when we come right back after the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be
0: inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, Back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. We're talking about how to become a concentric leader. And if you're just joining us again, you can listen to this show in its entirety to capture, get caught up on what we, Matthew Warboys, our subject matter expert uh, today, had shared. Again, we highly encourage you to do that. There was a lot of golden nuggets that were shared in this first segment. So Matthew, you were just finishing up before the, the break about, you know, the feedback. And we got to be careful where that feedback's coming from. And I know you also were going to discuss some other core principles to concentric leadership. If you could expand upon just, you know, again, where you left off with the feedback, and then talk a little bit more about the uh, principles of the other principles of concentric leadership, that would be wonderful.
2: Absolutely no. I think this this point about feedback, Chris, is is really important because it took me it took me time to get this, and I think especially during your formative years, we kind of take all feedback and criticism the same way. We kind of internalize everything negative that anyone ever says about us. Um, but actually, if we start to differentiate between people that actually have our genuine interests at heart versus those people that actually want to kind of just take us down, then actually a huge degree of background noise can actually be kind of drowned out. And I learned this when I started obviously promoting my businesses on, on social media. You know, a lot of my posts will get 50,000 views or, on LinkedIn and inevitably there's going to be a certain percentage of people that will try to take you down, criticize you, insult you, and I used to take the approach of, okay, well, I'm going to kind of get into a debate. I'm going to try to show them rationally why why that's not the case. But you can't be reasonable with somebody that's trying to be unreasonable. And once you realize that actually people are coming from a certain place, so if their stated objective is to try and take you down, then that's not the foundation of a healthy conversation. Whereas actually, you know, there's people that give us feedback in our daily lives actually genuinely care about our progress and our development so you know if if my business partner gives me feedback I want to listen to that because you know they're my business partner for a reason I've selected them because you know they have a lot of wisdom they have a lot of expertise they have a lot of insight so if they give me feedback on something that I'm doing or the corporation's doing I want to listen to that because I know that actually it's coming from the right place but 90% of, of kind of what people say to you is actually a reflection of what's going on inside them. It's not actually a genuine desire to help you in your development. So once we realize that and we can start to filter information, then actually that concentric element comes into play because we're starting with the self, we're starting with our aims, we're starting with the people that genuinely value us. And you know we can't show up authentically to the people that we lead if ninety percent of of what other people are saying is kind of filtering into your psyche, um, so that that is for me one of the most foundational principles. And just to kind of develop some of these principles a little bit, a little bit further, Chris, I think for me one of the things that feeds into this is about comparison. It's who you're comparing yourself to. Are you comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, or are you comparing yourself to who somebody else is today and the latter is very pernicious and we all have a tendency to do it but the truth is no comparison with any other person any other leader is ever going to be justifiable or realistic because everyone operates within a completely different paradigm so you know if i if i compare myself to you know the richest person on earth or to Elon Musk, like it's totally futile because everyone has a different context and somebody that's successful along, along one yardstick might feel themselves to be completely, you know, failing along another yardstick. So, you know, the idea of success, if we get to the heart of what success is, ultimately you have to define it on that individual basis, on that individual concentric leadership basis, because success for each and every one of us will be different. You know, it might be to change people's minds on something. It might be to make money. It might be to show up better to our family. And we can only ever define that on an individual basis. So if we're kind of comparing ourselves to this person, that person, you know, you might compare yourself to the richest person on earth and they might want to wrap their Ferrari next, around the next lamppost they come across because of that depressed. You know, it's 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 about balance. It's about defining our individual purpose for success. And I think once you do that, then you can start to work out in that concentric way.
1: Yeah. Oh, so powerful. And so true. Anything else, like, like if you would like to maybe, if there's some examples that you could share, I know you personally shared a little bit about yourself and I, I can relate to that a hundred percent, Matthew, you know, being, you know, growing up, you know, and, but now I look back at all my, 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 experiences, whether if they were negative or positive, I don't even look at them as negative anymore. I look at them as they were all experiences and they, they shaped me to be who I was and so on. What would you say, like, like, what would it take for an organization to kind of like look at this and say, okay, this is, we got to look at this holistically, this, and, and how can we now use this in a way that's going to, you know, change the dynamic of our culture in, in, bringing out the best. Cause like you said, we, we can't just compare ourselves apples to apples and what's successful to one person doesn't mean it's the success to the other person. And we got to find some way, how do we find that to work together? Like, what would you suggest in that case? In that,
2: Absolutely. No, it, it's a great, it's a great question, Chris. And it comes to the, comes to the heart of the matter. And, you know, we really can use those, those negative experiences. And, you know, at the end of the day, an experience is only, is only negative if we don't use it. And for me, in order to be a good leader, you have to have a insight into, into human behavior. And you know, that, that includes the good, the bad, and and the ugly. And, you know, you only know good people. If you've experienced bad people, you only know, you know, goodness, if you have experienced evil and, you know, all these things, you know, a dichotomy. So, that insight that I got into human nature by being bullied, for example, is invaluable because yeah. I can use that insight to work out where somebody's coming from. You know, it's like, thank God that I learned that insight at an early age because, you know, if I, if I was still naive enough to believe that everybody deep down was, was good and had my best interests at heart, then you'd be taken advantage of like, you know, the, the ability to run a business would be almost nil if you hadn't have been through that experience so and this is i think what we need to communicate to a lot of aspiring leaders for the future is that you know if you are being bullied at school or if you're in that corporation where you're being bullied or your mental health not being respected use that experience you know use that for the benefit of others use that insight into human nature for what you can use it to help other people for and that really is invaluable. So now I, I've got a much better sense of where people are, are coming from. And if I hadn't have been bullied, then I would never have had that insight. So you know, thank God for thank God for the bullies in that sense.
1: Yeah, I, I learned that you know to be thankful for some of those people now that I look back. Whereas those were people that I, you know, I, you know, I had sought revenge many many years ago, and mm-hmm. and so on. So I, I look at them as blessings and opportunities to grow that, that that was really really valuable what would be like like it like if if the what would this process look like Matthew like again I know for a fact my process and how I'm relating to what you're sharing is it was a process I had to go through personally and it's not something that you just arrive at it's always ongoing would it be safe to say that this doesn't just you know end somewhere you, you're constantly evolving and changing and as you do now obviously that reflects outward in creating you know those experiences around you that allow people to do the same and that's what you know can you can you talk discuss that i cuz i think that's so powerful that a lot of times people get caught up in the the outcomes itself rather than embracing the process mm. and 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 in, and in celebrating those victories and wins along the way and and then repeating over and over and over
2: mm. absolutely and i think for me sometimes it's important to observe yourself in the way that you would observe somebody else from a neutral standpoint so you know we can we can get so caught up in our daily lives that actually taking that chance to step back to actually watch ourselves in a very neutral way so not to judge not to analyze but just to watch and observe is actually really powerful and we very rarely do that because we're so caught up in the in the emotions of whatever situation it is that we're currently in but actually if we are if we observe ourselves in that kind of neutral emotionally neutral way we'll actually see how we're reacting in certain situations to certain people at certain times and in accordance with which emotions and to what end and that's a fascinating insight into our own into our own world and that really does allow us to then, as you said, Chris, detach from outcomes, which is super important because, you know, what's a positive and negative outcome in our own mind is actually often very flawed from a very short term perspective. You know, if I, if I was asked 10 years ago to evaluate what it was like to be bullied, I would say it's negative. It's impacted my mental health. It's impacted my, confidence it's impacted my relationships now if i look back at that as a neutral observer i can look at the experience for what it was take the emotion out of it and rationalize it a little bit more so i think if we can again we talked earlier about opening that gap up between stimuli and reaction so actually you know just observe observe that stimuli observe how it made you feel don't react you know If you get a really horrible email from somebody, we've we've all done this. You know, you want to fire back straight away, like, how dare you? What are you doing?
1: We react out of that primary motion, like, yeah, exactly.
2: Like, just sit on it. Like, you get that really negative email, sit on it for 24 hours. I guarantee you, you'll analyze it differently after 24 hours than when the emotion is so high. And, again, it's like you're having an argument in your own personal – relationship with your wife or your husband give it 20 minutes let it die down like and this is this is the other distinction that people have to bear in mind there's a difference between winning and being effective like if you're in if you're in an argument for example with your spouse then what benefit is it if you win the argument because that means if you've won they've lost and if you've got a spouse that feels like they've lost then what good is that in a, in a relationship where you're dependent on each other's emotions and each other's feelings? Same in an organization, which is why, again, you need to fix these things in your own personal life and development before you go into the organization. If you go into every action, every interaction with a colleague or a business partner with the intention of winning, then the opposite of winning is losing. And do you want a losing business partner? I mean, what good is that if you've got a business partner that's got their confidence dented, you know, you, you both need to, both need to win in that sense. So don't aim for what is victory aim for what is an effective and most optimal outcome for everybody concerned. Cause if you try to win every interaction then ultimately everyone, everyone's going to lose in the organization.
1: Yeah. It, it's so, I love what you just shared there. And, and, Uh, I, I, you know, this is so in alignment with what, you know, what what you're saying here, because when I used to be back in the day, when I was operating in the past and the future, fight or flight mode, I would react out of that primary emotion. It could be anger. It could be jealousy. It could be get shame, guilt, frustration, disappointment. And then if I reacted, it didn't really help the matter. It gave me maybe this, maybe 10 seconds. I got back at him, but, but It didn't really fix the problem. It actually made it more or less worse in that case. But if we can pause, like you said, and take a breath, maybe even take 24 hours, and then we can respond versus react. We can choose from a secondary emotion to respond to that situation in a more favorable way because we can't control what they're going to do, but we we can control how it's going to make you feel, your attitude, what you choose. So I thought that was powerful what you shared there. And, how organizations, if they're able to really create awareness and and begin to execute on that, how that can transform an entire culture and an environment and and how they can bring pe- more people together. Would, it, would you like to expand briefly before we go to break on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think this point, a couple of points that you mentioned that really tie these themes together, which is you mentioned the word revenge and also workplace culture. And I think once we take revenge out of the way that we respond in our personal lives and our business lives. Because the thing about revenge is it is a temporary hit of positive emotion. Like it's kind of that, you know, almost like alpha male. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I've, I've got back at them. I've won. But, you know, winning an argument, say, on social media isn't going to advance your, your life. And, you know, there's many times where, you know, when I first started out in business, you'd look to lash out at somebody that's criticized you you feel like you've won, but then, you know, an hour later you realise that actually you wasted your time (laughs) because it was actually completely utterly futile to win in the short term and damage your (laughs) you know, damage your schedule, damage your timings or, you know, not free up the time for the productive things in life. So I think that's super important. And on on the workplace culture, like we need to rid ourselves of this this revenge kind of attitude and actually Give people the chance to make mistakes, give people the chance to innovate, to be flexible, to use the expertise that you've brought them yeah. on board for, and then you'll have the perfect work, workplace culture.
0: Wow. Terms.
1: Well, Matthew, this is some great information you're sharing here, and I know you have more to come as we're going to go to break here, and we'll be coming back into the third segment, and uh, just some powerful information. We encourage, again, we're hopefully that you've been taking notes, everybody. Again, there's some valuable information. We co- we hope that you could share this show Uh, with somebody you care about also with your colleagues your boss people who work for you this is some golden information to help you help yourself move forward and be the inspiration and 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 an example for others to do the same we'll be right back after the break
0: Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us, we're here talking about how to become a concentric leader. We're here with Matthew Warboys, the founder and CEO of CEO Hub and also the co-founder of Dream Job Hub and LinkedIn for Success. Yeah, and you're going to get to uh, get to know how to reach out to, to Matthew here shortly here later in the show. And our show again is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types. This is a membership program taking allowing you to take all the noise out of social media, and you get to tap into a wide array of different member services and ways to generally connect with people from your school, perhaps other schools, and share all different types of content. And perhaps you may land your next new job or get into your next new business venture here at alumnidirect.com. Feel free to reach out to them and let them know that sustainable success sent you their way. Matthew, you've shared some valuable insights here on concentric leadership. I know that this all kind of plays into now productivity, but not just productivity itself, but how do you redefine productivity? If you could share some insights into that area, that would be quite valuable for everyone listening.
2: Absolutely, Chris. Well, I think, you know, as a society, as an economy, as leaders, as business leaders, as corporations, we've got productivity completely wrong for a very long period of time. And, you know, we often measure productivity by, for example, looking at output per hour, um, you know, some organizations even measure keyboard strokes, you know, time at the screen. And, you know, there's this great quote from Frederick Nietzsche, who is one of my favorite philosophers, who, who once said, you know, all truly great ideas are conceived by walking. And, you know, for me, if I'm in nature, for example, I'll get my best ever business ideas. And ultimately, as a leader, it's not about kind of how many times you hit the keyboard, how many hours you're sat at your desk is how much value you add and how much output you can add to the overall corporation. So, you know, if you're, if you're a leader that in your personal life kind of views output and work has been, you know, 12 hours, like, you know, working yourself to the bone, like all the time at the desk. Actually, if you take that into your workplace culture, and you don't give people the opportunity to actually sit back, kind of think, reflect, innovate, kind of pull knowledge to the forefront of their brain, then actually the degree to which you can be said to, but to be fostering productivity is, is quite minimal. And, you know, I know organizations and certain leaders, certain CEOs that will measure, as I say, things like keyboard strokes as a as a, as a measure of productivity. But if you allow, an employee to sit back in their chair for five minutes, they might have that idea that can add potentially millions to the bottom bottom line of your business. For example, um, so actually being able to create that space for innovative and productive thinking, I think, is a huge kind of sea change that we that we need to see in business at the moment. Yeah,
1: and it's so funny. Like I said, you know, you know, productivity. Is obviously you know a very important thing, no matter if it's at the individual level, the team level, organizational level, and it's always going to have, you know, there's going to be peaks and valleys, but but nonetheless, if we can work to you know redefine it, like you said, to keep it consistent, those would be quite valuable, you know, overall, you know, in terms of like I guess the, and how you measure that is you know you know is, you know key performance indicators, obviously, is a great way to start measuring that. What would you recommend? Like if if like if because you talked about concentric leadership starting with the self, would it be safe to say that if we're going to redefine productivity, that has to start with ourself? You know, whatever that may be, whatever success means to us is that could be releasing some weight, that can be looking to get generate more energy in your day, that could be to you know reach a certain milestone in your career or whatever. You know, you know, it, 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 everyone's going to be different and. So what would you recommend in that in terms of, like, you know, redefining productivity if if starting at the individual level?
2: Mm. Yeah, and I think to kind of build on that a little bit more, I think as a leader, um, one of the things that you're actually looking to do is, in essence, employ other concentric leaders that have kind of been through this, this process. Yeah. themselves. And I think this is where kind of hiring is so important versus – micromanagement and you know it's always
1: oh yeah micromanaging yeah
2: yeah it never ceases to amaze me when when people hire somebody who they presumably think is the best person for the role and then kind of tell them exactly what to do about absolutely everything and you know you're not getting the benefit of their of their experience and their wisdom you know if you if you want to kind of do it yourself then do it yourself but if you want to kind of empower other people to to add that value, then, you know, if you work against that, then you're kind of hurting yourself and you're hurting the corporation. So concentric leaders really do empower other concentric leaders to kind of go through this process. And I don't, for example, hire anybody that is not going to be productive unless I'm, you know, over them with a, with a stick at their, at their back telling them to, to hurry up or to get on with it like if, if I have to do that then they're not the right person for my organization I want other concentric leaders that have started with the self they've defined success at the individual level they've defined what is productive they know that actually if they sit back from their computer and they think and they innovate that I'm not going to be there telling them you know to hurry up or to stop slacking that actually you know I value their their input I value their their thought processes. And at the end of the day that that's kind of really what we hire people for is to tap into their their thought processes, their experience, their skill set, their values, the person that they are, their character, everything that shaped them, then can come in the form of productive output, but only if we allow it to come to the fore and we don't and we don't stifle that through micromanagement, which as I said before, I I always define as death by a thousand interventions.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it
2: really is so. If we empower people to actually to be all that they're capable of being, all that they were made to be in life, then for me that really is the essence of of leadership, productivity, and and concentric leadership.
1: Wow, that's awesome! I love it. I love it. And I, you know, and the thing is. Would it, you know, one thing that I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, is it being consistent. If we are consistent with these things that you talked about, Matthew, would it be safe to say that it becomes more permanent? Like, I mean, we, we kind of now it becomes embedded at our subconscious level. And then obviously through our communication, I would say our behavior, our attitude, our our emotions, like how you were talking about responding versus reacting, and how we take action, that can only, I guess the way I see it, it respond favorably to other people that are seeing that, and then eventually they might find it within themselves to do the same. But let's say the consistency of doing these things would would work to your advantage and help other people to take that initiative.
2: Absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, you really hit on there, Chris, is that, you know, if you show up as your authentic self and if the authentic self as a product of having done quite a lot of work on yourself, having thought about these themes of productivity, then then actually that's far more effective than trying to go into somebody else's life and, and kind of change it. Because if you show up in a certain way, that's naturally contagious, and this comes back to this idea of starting with an internal dynamic. You know, if you turn up as a leader and try to change the hundred people that you lead, it's far more effective to turn up as an authentic good leader yourself and have that rub off on other people naturally, you know, because people thrive on being around people that are positive people that are, that are good leaders. They don't need to come into your life and try and change it and twist it in some way, showing up, being present in that way will naturally be contagious. And, you know, another big part of this and another key principle for me is, is about mindset and whether you go down the route of, kind of victimhood or whether you go down the, the route of of victorhood if you like, you know, it's victim versus victor. And, you know, as leaders, there's a there's a lot of things that are going to go completely apparently in the short term, you know, haywire for us. It's going to seem like everything has gone off course. We're going to have those days where, you know, we don't get any, any more clients or, you know, somebody leaves the team that's really valuable or, or whatever else it is and you know if we have got that victim mindset of you know the world's against us things are working against us you know things everyone's out to get me then actually that's totally counterproductive to a victor mentality which actually allows you to keep showing up on a daily basis knowing that actually like like we discussed before that we can view view those experiences from a more um emotionally detached standpoint and actually Mm. analyze those moments and get the benefit out of them without kind of descending into, into victimhood, I think is also the, the key principle of starting with the self and being a true concentric leader.
1: Wow. I love it. I love it. And yeah, I always say like, you know, like for me, one of the things I'm taking away from what I'm hearing is that I know my daily routine, not only did it help me to get out of the problem, you know, that, that I, you know, built up over these years and myself, but it also helped me to clean the slate and and, and build a, a success foundation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and from that example and resourcefulness allowed me to step into being a leader, a leader, by example, not that I had to micromanage or manage people or tell people how, when or why to do it, just, you know, sharing versus telling. And, and, and that, and that resourcefulness was just powerful because I was always the other way around. And yeah. So what would be some of the ways that, concentric, you know, how we can share this information, you know, could it be, you know, speaking like how, you know, we're we're on this radio show together and you're sharing this. What would be some of the ways that it could be powerful to, you know, to be that example and be resourceful and share that with people? Mm. Pick,
2: you know, what seems to be a small segment of the universe and, and your life and really take every ounce of opportunity that you can and, I really squeeze it out of that individual space, you know. Jordan Peterson, who I'm a big fan of, talks about you know, if you start with the self, and you you know, if you clean your room and you get everything right in your own life, then actually that will have kind of compound effects across time. Um, so actually, just pick what seems to be a relatively small portion of the world that you can have a really good leadership impact upon and do everything that you can to squeeze out the opportunity of that individual space. It might even just be your own own home or your own bedroom. It might be one relationship. It might be the relationship with your wife. Pick one thing over which you have control and really dedicate yourself to making that thing the best it can possibly be. And so often people don't realize how much one seemingly tiny thing can compound like if you're having problems, say in your in your marriage, if you fix that, then the ripple effect to say the relationship with your with your children, the relationship to your business, the relationship to the rest of society, the relationship to yourself and how you feel about yourself, fixing one thing can have such compound impact across time. But we don't often see it like that. We look at, you know, ten problems and we think this all seems totally insurmountable where where on earth do I start fix up one thing that's within your individual purview and the ripple effects from that concentric act of leadership in your own life and business will be will be totally profound
1: wow i love it love it some great information you have shared here I know, you know, we're heading, we have about three, two and a half minutes remaining left in the show. And I, you know, I I really would like to let the audience know, you know, how can they get to know Matthew Warboys and, and all the things you're doing, not only as a personally as a person and all the great things you do, but all the things you're doing, helping people on LinkedIn and working with people and helping them to further their careers and businesses through your resources and the services that you provide. I would love for people to get to know you here and those that will be sharing the show later. If you could share where people can find you, what you're up to and anything that you'd like to provide or share final with the audience here today.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. And obviously, thanks again for for having me on. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I hope we've covered some really good, good
1: ground. Oh, there. Fantastic stuff. Golden nuggets in every segment.
2: Absolutely yeah thank you Chris and I, I hope that we've you know created some more concentric leaders out there some some people that are going to think about redefining productivity in their own life and business life. Um, but yeah I'd love to keep the conversation going with anybody that wants to to reach out to me. Uh, LinkedIn is a very good good place um, I've got quite a distinctive name so I'm probably the only one that will show up if you search my name so that's 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 one positive thing um, but yeah I'm very active on on LinkedIn. Um, yeah please do reach out to me about anything to do with to do with leadership i'm really in, invested in male mental health obviously the job search and recruitment process linkedin growth for companies uh, we also have an editorial business and a graphics business so anything that i can do to help and anything that we can collaborate on please do reach out but i really grateful for the conversation today chris and obviously everybody for for tuning in and uh, look forward to speaking again soon
1: Well, Matthew, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, you know, being, you know, in the UK. I know I'm on East Coast and you're five hours ahead and I can't thank you enough. And again, we highly encourage everyone listening to reach out to Matthew. He is a genuinely a great man and especially any guys that are dealing with any uh, particular health, mental health issues. Matthew's a great guy, a confidant to get to know, and I highly recommend it and then also anybody that's really looking to up their game and use LinkedIn to, to your advantage, get to know Matthew. I, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Take him up on that offer. Reach out to him. You could also reach out to us as well, and we'll make sure to put you in touch with him. Thank you so much, Matthew. Appreciate your time today. And Thank you very much, Chris. I'll go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Look forward to keeping the conversation going. Really appreciate it.
1: And listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. Again, this show continues to grow even after almost six years. It's because of you. And we will continue to bring in subject matter experts like Matthew to come in that share genuinely and authentically from the heart and from experience to move you and your business forward. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great one.